Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glynis. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're discussing A Killing in Vegas, which is episode eight from season eight and originally aired on the 24th of November, 1991. Our writer is... Skoik? No, another Lance. popular one. Yeah, Bruce Lansbury. Wait, but did we have a, a smooch in this? Yeah, there was Yeah, some... Eddie and Susan's kissed. Oh, yeah, yuck. Not, not as horrible as previous ones, but... It wasn't as open-mouthed as we've seen, but it certainly was not great. Just when she's sitting at the breakfast table? No, it's when she runs into him after he's had his shift. And oh. she's like, are you going to class? And he's like, I'm skipping. Like, <laughs> oh God, here we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So Bruce Lansbury's written 15 episodes. Just a reminder of what ones we've covered by him. <laughs> we've got Murder on Madison Avenue, A Christmas Secret, The Sound of Murder, A Killing in Cork, and Crimson Harvest. So we've covered actually, yeah. what is that? two four five so we've covered a third of the episodes he's written actually so quite a lot anyways we're gonna miss him when it's (laughs) 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 Uh, (laughs) we will we will we're gonna miss those those lansbury smooches you know (laughs) Uh, um okay so as the name would suggest we're in las vegas Jessica's come out uh, for, I think it's like a writing convention or something, or to promote her promote her book, as we might recall from An Egg to Die For, it's The Venomous Valentine. Uh-huh. So she's out in Vegas promoting it. She is picked up at the airport by Larry Thorson, played by Howard Keel. He's the chief of security at McSorley's Casino, which is where Jessica is staying. McSorley's is owned by Wes McSorley, played by David Soule. Uh, Wes has a wife called Catherine McSorley, who's played by Shelley Smith, who is has a little bit of a problem with alcohol. And Dave, and Wes McSorley is pretty strapped for cash because he put up a lot of money to get the house, uh, sorry, the hotel refurbed to then sell it, but the sale fell through. Working at the casino is Susan Hartley, played by Amy O'Neill. Susan is Jessica's publisher's daughter, and Jessica's publisher, Ted Hartley, played by Bruce Gray, has asked Jessica to check up on her because she has not returned for her third year at Columbia and instead has decided to stay in Vegas as a cocktail waitress with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend is called Eddie Wheaton. He's played by Jeff Cake. He seems like kind of a scumbag, <laughs> but Susan's into him. And so that's how it is. I cannot wait to talk about this. <laughs> There's also PR, uh, uh, I guess, expert for McSorley's. I'm not sure she yeah. she's their PR lady. Alice Baxter, played by Joan McMurtry, who's kind of showing Jessica around. There's also casino man- manager Jerry Pappas, played by Andreas Katsoulis. And yeah. So what happens is, is that Jerry Pappas is tossed out of a window right after Eddie Wheaton is found basically like stowing chips in his pocket. So stealing from the casino. Eddie's pit boss, quote unquote, is Frank Stinson, played by Stephen Macht, who was in on it and said Pappas would cover it up for all of them. But it turns out Pappas maybe didn't know. So he and Eddie get in a big fight. Eddie leaves when Pappas is still alive, but Pappas is then pushed out the window. Jessica believes that Eddie's innocent. Susan can't believe that Eddie was, I guess, sort of stealing money and also stealing money from her. But it turns out that he has a rap sheet, all this sort of stuff. Investigating all this is Lieutenant Walt Murphy, played by Richard Portnow. And yeah, Jessica looks into it and she figures out that actually it was Wes McSorley. So Wes, it turns out in a very convoluted financial arrangement, Jerry Pappas had actually bought the casino, half the casino, sorry, through like a holding company or something like that. And so the company owns it, but it's really Jerry Pappas because Jerry Pappas is a fake name because he can't actually own a casino because he has a record for stealing or fraud or something like that. So- 
There are a couple of fun facts for this one. The one I'll take from IMDb to share with you is that early in this episode, David Soul's character calls casino manager Pappas, played by Andreas Katsoulis, better than a one-armed bandit. Well, <laughs> a couple years later, Katsoulis plays Sykes, the man with one arm in The Fugitive. Sure. That's a good fun fact. Yeah, that's the fact I had written down. The other fun fact I'll tell you is that Connie Sawyer is in this episode. And you might be thinking, who was she? I don't remember there being another woman. Well, there was an elderly woman playing a one-armed bandit at the slots. She asked Jessica to hold her quarters for her. Oh, yeah. And that lady has been in two episodes of Murder, She Wrote. Can you maybe recall who she might be from another episode we've seen? She was a center of a big debate with us. Oh, was she, um, was she the maid that he kissed? Uh, His wife, yes, (laughs) Ethel. (laughs) From Unfinished (laughs) But you're right, Ashley, you're right. It is still not, I think they were not in a relation, a romantic relationship. What, which one was that, Unfinished Business? Yes, and so just so you know, so these are just fun facts I've now said are fun. This wasn't on IMDb Uh because they obviously don't have quite a heated forum about whether Ethel was his wife or his maid (laughs) uh, in Unfinished Business, but she died in 2018 at 105, and I think she has over 200 credits on her IMDb page. Oh my gosh. So yeah, anyways, we're in Vegas. What do you think? I don't know where to start. Yeah, I don't either. Like, yeah. <laughs> I There was, um, just quickly about Vegas itself, there was some B-roll and it went over a fountain that I think was not, it was, it maybe is now the Bellagio fountains, but wasn't at the time. And it looked like a giant volcano. <laughs> Did anyone else see that? No. Okay, no. I'm gonna have to do some digging because I was like, why is there a giant <laughs> volcano in the middle of the strip? Um, the other um, thought a lot of the b-roll was from more like Fremont Street so I was trying to think when did the strip become a big deal what's Fremont Street I think that's more old downtown Vegas Vegas. it's like old Vegas it's not like I, I don't know when I think of Vegas now I think of the strip which is I this I don't think that's where they were See, I've only ever been to Vegas once and I don't have like a real sense of the geography. I don't remember thinking the main bit was that big, but then maybe I might be wrong about where we were, but it was, it did have a very like retro feel. Mm -hmm. And certainly when you saw the McSorley sign, it was like, oh yeah, this looks like the kind of casino where they're like, gonna let you grind your cigarettes into the carpet you know what I mean (laughs) oh yeah for for sure (laughs) so okay this this makes sense it looks like the mirage opened in 1989 and then that's when the kind of larger mega resorts were happening in the 90s so yes here we're I think we're still in downtown Vegas I like that the casino was called Nick Sorley. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like it just sounds like a gross place. Like no offense to anybody called McSorley or anything like that, but just the fact that it was called McSorley's like Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it looks like the volcano is part of the mirage because it says firing Monday to Sunday. Boom. Pow. Wow. Our iconic front yard has more bang than ever, thanks to taller explosions, more fireballs, and a driving soundtrack from the Grateful Dead. Oh, wow. This is oh. at the Mirage every the night. Mirage, and it does have the giant volcano that I saw. So. Oh, okay. Okay. I've seen the Bellagio fountain going those off. Came, those all came later. Those are like the more, I mean, I'm trying to be a little more ritzy. It like, is ritzy over yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like fancy. Oh, my gosh, though. Um, yeah, I just, I guess I'll just get into it because I feel like any episode where Jessica has having to check on a wayward child of a friend is just that kid is going to be not great. I'm sorry. It's never a good sign. It's like 
Ted, why don't you check up on your own kid? Like, why are you sending Jessica in? And the best part about that was he went, you know, she's still out there working as a cocktail waitress. And Jessica's, like, expression was like, ugh, gross. <laughs> so, like, that it made me laugh out loud. I was like, this is... But also, yeah, it's like, it's not her problem. She's having to fly all the way to Vegas to deal with this girl. Yeah, (laughs) who, I mean, decided not to, like, she's at UNLV, like. Oh, yeah. I mean, although I think they called it University of Las Vegas or whatever, but it's like, she is still in school. Yes, it might not be Columbia, but I don't, and then you... And then she's like talking about Eddie and she's telling Jessica, oh, you're going to see everything I see in him. And he's there for two seconds. And then Susan says, isn't he everything I said? And Jessica's like, yeah, it seems like it. (laughs) I don't know. Right, because he showed like the minimal amount of like polite interaction (laughs) with someone's like visiting (laughs) friend. He said he awake mead and that was about it. Yeah, he came and he's like, I've got a break between classes. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Bye. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was basically like, hey, what's up? And she's like, isn't he amazing? I know. And Jessica's like, he seems awful. (laughs) And about 15 years too old for you. (laughs) Right. Yes. I mean, we will get to AJ nothing but a number. I will say I was sort of shocked at how young he actually was because I did think he looked a little bit older than what I thought he I just I don't know if it's like the haircut or something about the style of what it was well then did, hard. did they ever say how they met uh-uh I don't think so or how long they'd been together because right. it was like the fact that they already had a joint bank account that he was clearly draining and you're like yeah it's a huge red flag if your partner's not letting you look at statements of your bank account your of your joint, joint bank account yeah. i mean well he put all that money in the footstool yeah. or the ottoman <laughs> he said that was their money well right so they're clearly living together right yeah they're trying to save up money and like you know they can make a lot of dough in vegas but they can't i guess make it in new york i mean i'm sure that is true do you think that's right that you were yeah. a lot of money yeah oh, okay fun and cost of living is a lot less in Vegas than it is in New York. Yeah, I think, but I'm just wondering how she met. I just can't imagine that this was her idea to move to Vegas. Like, I wonder, I wonder if the dad said it at the beginning and we missed it. Like, explained why she ended up in Vegas. Was it that she'd been studying out there for like? I thought there was a reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it was. She'd gone out there for the summer and then just decided to stay, and because she'd fallen in love with Kenny. Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> same thing. I mean, You're right, Glennis. It is the same thing. Like you might, might as well Kenny. Although I did love the extended scenes of people playing blackjack or like him like clearly messing with the chips and then like looking over his shoulder at the camera constantly but also his hands didn't match <laughs> i didn't think they matched i thought they looked older and hairier like in the close-up scene yeah like i think they had a professional oh. um, black well yeah because i guess you'd have to be like if you're like a proper like croupier like you would have to be pretty quick with like yeah I'm sure most actors yeah. maybe couldn't oh, yes, learn that yeah. Those, yeah the zoomed in shots of him stacking the chips yeah yeah I, yeah. I did like the old style Vegas though it kind of yeah. looked fun even though it's a bit grimy like I know that no, but it's but like I think there are places down I think it's Fremont Street but it's it's not on the strip and you can go and it's more like that no that's the style I like way better well, the trouble is when you're in the more expensive bits, unless you're really going to be just gambling all day, it's kind of expensive to like get drinks and stuff like that. So you yeah. sort of have, are committed, but then it's not, it can't be nice too. I mean, I remember it being really, some of the bits being really pretty. Um, I liked that you had the potential of seeing Dean Martin or Julio Iglesias right. at some point in Vegas at this time. I was like, 
that sounds like fun to me. I know, but <laughs> like, now, yeah. Now, who do you see? You see Celine Dion. I think Shania is coming back, or is I would really like to see her. You can see Shania Twain in Vegas. I thought yeah. I thought she's coming back. I, I think she's she did have a residency for a long time and then stopped, and I think she's coming back. I've seen Celine in Vegas. Celine finished her residency, and then I wonder who else. Did J-Lo do one? Yeah, and Ashley and I saw Celine there a couple mm-hmm. years ago. It was really good. Yeah. Was, I bet she's good. She's so funny. Like, when she <laughs> talks, it's really, she just, like, you know, kind of goofy and funny. Well, there must be a reason she's been, she was there for so long. It must have been incredibly popular. I mean, also, it's like, it must be kind of nice to get her Vegas residency, because it's like, you you know, if you've got kids and stuff, you could just send them to a school and like you live somewhere, like you're sort of set, you know, you've got yeah. a home base and everything. But, um, oh, that sounds fun. I didn't see any shows when I was there. Yeah, I I like, I like the shows. I'm just not a, like a club person. No, I'm not a gambler. So like Vegas was like, not for me in that Gambling's way. Gambling's fun, but not at like the stakes that a lot of the, the strip places want to charge. Like that's too expensive. No, I'm a one-armed bandit girl. <laughs> like I want a bucket of a quarters and just sit there and like spend like, I don't know. 50 I know, because then I was nervous. Quarters. I was like, is that lady going to come back and be really mad at Jessica? Or like, it was a different machine. Thinking. Okay, oh, so right. I did think because that lady had been playing the machine the whole time. So she'd been working that machine. And I know that people can get a bit funny if like someone then comes in on the machine they've been working on. Uh, but no, I think she put the quarter into the machine next to it. I, did, I was looking for that. I was paying attention. I did see that Jessica used her own quarter. Like she reached into her pocket. So yeah. I was like, she better not use any of that ladies. She's too upstanding for that. That no, lady couldn't have given that bucket of quarters to a more upstanding person who is not. Because also Jessica doesn't need money. That's probably why she pegged her. She's like, this is the best dressed woman in this casino. <laughs> like, here you can have my quarters. <laughs> Jessica ended up giving the money to Ahmed, right? Yeah, oh, she, she gave him his money the back. bet for him and then did give him his winnings. But the she was trying to convince him that, you know, he should use it for his brother's school, which I think that is how it's left like it's going to, even though he wanted a new jacket. But sure. Well, but I think he thought, because he'd only given her what, like 20 bucks? Like, yeah, I think he thought he that. Got. Well, and I think he thought she would maybe like get a bit of money on it. Like, but because what happened was. She, she won 14 on the roulette with his 20 and then accidentally bet on the next one and won like even more money, like hundreds of dollars <laughs> that then he, it was so much more that then of course he was going to give it to his brother to go to school. Cause that was g- good, but it was, <laughs> it was just like, I don't know. And then she gave him a thumbs up at the end because he'd, you know, won all that money. Yeah. It was cute. Ahmed's in a couple of episodes, right? I thought so. Yeah, as the door, the doorman of her building. Yes, we, yes, that's, I'm sure, because I did think I'd seen him before. Um, we, so this episode, funnily enough, we have another sassy brunette PR person. Uh-huh. Although I think Glynis, oh no, I won't, I won't say anything about that. No, but, I mean, um, we can talk about it. I, I feel like because of the Vicky sitch in <laughs> Murder and I see. Okay, so what Susanna is alluding to is she was the person I suggested for my uh, guess of the murderer. The reason why was because in the first like five minutes of her being on screen, she said, oh yeah, I'd kill for him. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And then I, I was like, like oh my God, this has to be like a subtle giveaway. And so I just made a note of it. And that's what persisted throughout in my mind. No thought of her really ever crossing my mind later, but I was like, that feels like such a murder she wrote thing where she would really kill for him. It was funny. Yeah, she says, just so you know, I'd kill for the guy. It's like, she's just met Jessica. Like, Jessica doesn't need to know that info. And like, in the few scenes we see with Wes McSorley, we're like, why? He didn't, yeah. 
Like, what is he bringing to the table? His wife brings more to the table, I think. She's pretty funny. (laughs) She says something to him, like, better than being the king of nothing. I was like, yay. When she snatches that compact out of that other woman's hand, that really made me laugh. I was like, this is great stuff. And, like, never gives it back, right? No, just hers now. The other woman walked away. (laughs) Did we think, okay, so there's like an allusion to maybe that Catherine is hooking up with Pop Pappas, but did mm-hmm. we think that uh, the PR lady was hooking up with Wes McSorley or do we think that that was sort of a unrequited thing? I, I thought they were. You thought they were? I thought they were, but, okay. but that was sort of me just reading into it. I don't think there's any concrete evidence yeah I, mm, I to be honest I didn't really think about it <laughs> <laughs> I guess it didn't really come into play because it, that wasn't what the motive was for killing Pappas the motive was the financial thing mm-hmm. oh I don't can they, I mean I know he wasn't in it for very much and I don't remember his character's name but Gabriel mocked like the the second victim like we this is a rare two murder a rare two murder and also one where we never find out how he died <laughs> like right he's just, he's like just a bloodied the... person in the car. <laughs> like was he shot was he stabbed maybe um rosa <laughs> rosa <laughs> was it a Brutzi? rosa Brutzi. but also <laughs> when the guy fell out of the cupboard at the at the auction house, oh, we yeah. never found out how he died. Either. <laughs> yeah. They're like, it's not important. <laughs> uh, Gabriel mocked. I just put I mean, not Gabriel mock. Gabriel mocks the son. I put oh, Stephen mocks bio. Stephen Mock's, I said sorry. suits dad. <laughs> yeah, that's all we need to know about him. I'm just kidding. He's been in loads of stuff, and he's also one of our. Uh, most frequent guests yeah. on the show. Oh, he's been in a lot. Of, well, not including like regulars, but I mean, like the kind of one-off guest stars. We have we done any with him in it yet? No, funnily uh-uh. enough. Interesting. Yeah, I like I like him. I mean, I he wasn't in this episode enough, but I did love. They loved in this episode like a scene where something would open and then all the chips would fall out. Like I don't know why I was really into that. Wait, Stephen Mock was the guy who fell from the building. No, Stephen Mock was the pit boss that got found in the car. Yeah. Oh, fine. Because I, I brought this up last night when we were watching it, but like the guy who fell from the building, all he had was a single stream of blood coming out of his mouth if he fell from like the 30th floor he would be in a lot worse shape yeah Gwyneth had a lot of beef with this (laughs) (laughs) it was um quite dramatic for a murder she wrote to have someone fall off of a like building that was quite and then and then Wes McSorley tries to do it with Jessica He's like, he's trying to guide her to the balcony to push her off the balcony as well. Oh, And it's like, dude, if, you know, like if, if two people fall out of your windows, first of all, this is something I wanted to say. I didn't think it should be that easy to push someone out. Like, I thought the windows in those high rises in Vegas are like, you can't open them. Well, maybe now. Oh, you're right. Okay. After this. (laughs) (laughs) After the murder she wrote, they're like, oh my God, we have got to up the security on the balconies. (laughs) But yeah. Well, and also because Pappas is like a big guy as well. Like he's tall. Um, Although it was a nice shot, actually, the shot of him falling. I thought it was quite, I don't know, that's kind of a weird thing to say, but I actually thought it was like, quite well like you i really felt like we were in vegas i guess is what i'm trying to say oh yeah and the scenes when they showed them all like you know down where the tables are and all that like i did feel very much like it was in in vegas and i like too when they went to the party and then she's you know jessica's all mad because she thinks she's not dressed properly and everyone's in their very like sequins and gowns and 
Honestly, it looks like someone shot hot glue in that room and just threw sequins across it. It was so much sequins. But it was uh, like the fashion in this episode at that party, not so much across the board. I mean, it rivaled a fashionable way to die for me. Like there was a woman in a full gold lame turtleneck. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen gold lame where it's like not like an accenting, where it's like a full blown article of clothing and I was like is that breathable (laughs) (laughs) like it just I was like I hope she's wearing industrial strength deodorant (laughs) because that is gonna Uh. be a rough situation (laughs) but it thought it looked cool actually I thought all the outfits look cool at that party (laughs) yeah no it looked it looked good yeah and you had Howard Keel which you know if you want to add a touch of class to your episode i think he's only in one which i find kind of is that right maybe i'm wrong about that let me just double check yeah he's only in one which i think is really strange because i would have thought i don't know i don't know it just feels like this well i guess he was on dallas so maybe he was too busy doing that Mm. oh and i was my first thing i thought about him was i was like because he wears either multiple bolos or it's the same bolo. And I was like, oh, Ashley loves a bolo. <laughs> I clocked the bolo. And then I was like, yeah. is everyone wearing bolos? I was like, don't miss him. <laughs> well, uh, Megan did say that she was like, he looked really good in this episode. Maybe it was the bolo. And it's like, <laughs> if there was like a type that was just bolo tie. <laughs> well, the other thing is he's like really tall. He's commanding. He's respectful of Jessica. They obviously like, you know, they're friends. Um, they have a total giggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the same vibe as Lee from Arizona, uh, but but less creepy. Yes, I, I agree. Like a better Lee version. Like I could see her going to a ranch with that guy. Not yeah, like you. Howard Keel invites you to his ranch. You're going to go. You're going to go. Lee, yeah. you're like, get your hand off my back. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think with Lee, I, 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 you know, he just came in a little hot. Like, I think he was great. And actually, mm. you know, but I, a little you, sweaty. it was, a, he was a little thirsty. Yeah. And I don't think Howard, I think Howard Kill, you know, if you'll pardon the phrase, like kept his cards a little closer. Yeah. To the best than that. Yeah. So I think he, he probably <laughs> did like her, but it was like, you know, he wasn't going to come in so hot. And so, and you know. Showing her the inner workings of the casino. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, and here we're trying to bust like, like their own internal person. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was hilarious. It's like, we know this guy's stealing from us, but we are going to watch him on this video camera until he makes a mistake. <laughs> Just like, uh oh, that's bad. Yeah, like, she's like, oh, I mean, but it's also like, duh, of course it's him. Well, she should have known by that mullet. As soon as she saw it from the back, she should have been like, I recognize that guy. <laughs> yeah, <Kenny>. like, <sighs> It's Kenny, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful Kenny. I also was laughing because then I know we're going to do AJ and I'm thinking about a number and I can save it for that. But like Howard Keel just pushing Eddie around was really great. That was very funny. But he is quite tall. I mean, he's he like a really big tall. dude. No, I mean, he's a very commanding guy. I was just like, yeah, Eddie, you dumb dumb. I, one of my favorite things that she says in this episode is at the very beginning when Ted Hartley asked her to go and she says, I won't meddle and I certainly don't want to invade Susan's privacy. It's like, mm-hmm. Jessica, that's so a whole of load of horse poo. <laughs> I know horse, I know horse puck you when I step in it. Yeah. Like what the guy said. <laughs> Anytime she's like, oh, like I'm not helping with the investigation. Like I'm just like trying to help my friend out as she's like nosing through like <laughs> sensitive <laughs> documents and putting her fingerprints everywhere. <laughs> she but it is funny because like when she gets there okay I okay before we get into the beats I yes Megan had mentioned about Susan and I'd like to sort of delve a little bit more into their relationship because obviously this is somebody who I think Jessica says she's met before but like a long time ago Jessica seems annoyed by Susan 
from like literally the first second that they interact. And every time Susan does something along the way, Jessica's already tired of that. So it's like when she's like freaking out about the fact that Eddie's been arrested, she's like, just go home and calm down. And then I'll come talk to you about this. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then when she's like crying because Eddie had stolen their money and blah, blah, blah. And Jessica is like being like, we all go through these relationship things, like blah, 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 blah. But what she's really saying is, yeah, you were real dumb dumb about that. Sorry. <laughs> ha 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 ha. Eddie's still entitled to justice. And you're like, okay. So those are the markers of the course of their relationship. And then at the end, they arrive back in New York. And Susan's, and she's like, Jessica's like, you know, let's meet up again sometime. And Susan's like, you won't be able to get rid of me. And the way Jessica responds is like that, she took that as a threat. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Ahmed, change the locks on the apartment. Like, we got to be super duper careful. Yeah, like, she's like, Ted, Susan is your daughter. Like your problem, <laughs> you deal with it. It just made me laugh because normally she's like a little. She's she has more patience for Eddie than she has for Susan. Like Susan, <laughs> she's like, can you stop crying for three seconds so we can just solve this case? <laughs> I mean, I felt the same. <laughs> I mean, I mean, same. Wait, wait. Have you brought up your uh, theory on Susan? Megan? Oh yeah, is now a good time, or should I wait for the beats? Oh, we can start going through the beats if you want to. Yeah, I have a lot of like outfit stuff I want to talk about. Too. All right, let's let's go through the beats. Um, before we go through the beats, sorry, just really quickly, I wanted to say, did you say this, Megan? Ahmed was played by Andrew Johnson. I don't think we said that, but that's who played him. Um, and. There was a brief, <laughs> I just feel quite proud of myself for recognizing this person. The security guard that finds the dead body in the car that has the flashlight, when he walked across the street, I was like, I know that guy. I know that guy. And I looked him up. His name's Dorian Gregory, and he was on Charmed. He was the other cop that worked with the guy that was dating Shannon Doherty. Do you remember that? sorry spoiler alerts for charm that like dies at the end of the first season oh, it was what? his cop his <laughs> sorry his partner <laughs> okay here we go beats oh no i went to the wrong page okay here we go beats <laughs> episode beats <laughs> sorry thunder weather no secret doors closet hiding we have another stairwell hiding and wasn't the wife hiding in the bedroom when it was McSor it was McSorley was hiding in the bedroom, but yeah, you're right. Oh, 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 oh. So I thought the wife left her earring there or something. Or her compact. compact. She had left, but someone else was in oh, there. Oh, got it. Okay, yeah. Okay, got it. And the stairwell. I just feel like there'd been a woman in there. Cause I saw like one of those silver compacts, you know, that like women <laughs> carry around. Like, oh, well, thanks, this is, Eddie. I mean, was another point in my my guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Phone wire cut. No. She shaking. No. Window peep. God, this was tough. Now for phone wire cut, let me just, yeah. but he does splice the cable to do the thing with the security video. I know it's a stretch. It's not a necessarily a phone wire cut, but there's some wire tampering occurring. Sure. Okay. Ashley, yeah. when Jessica was like, I don't know a ton about security cameras, but it sounds <laughs> like he cut into the auxiliary <laughs> of the And I was like, what the heck is she talking about? I was like, every word she's just said, I don't understand. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. And then, and then he, and then she's like, and then someone said like, hell of a patch job. And I'm like, how would you even know? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought that thing it's like the split wire I thought it was a piece of jewelry because <laughs> it was like metallic and I was like what are they looking at <laughs> she oh. was like, it was the wiring that they tapped into I was like oh my god I didn't make okay. any sense no but actually you're right I guess that would count sort of because it's you're right it is part of it um yeah. and it is techie um okay yeah window peep so this is a bit of a cheat but 
when she and Catherine are looking in the mirror as they're getting ready to leave and Catherine's like doing her makeup. Do you remember at the party? And yeah. Catherine's like really drunk and then says, like Jessica says, I think we both need a hot bath in like an early night or something like that. Yeah. They're talking to each other through the mirror. Like they're right. looking at their reflection. So right. like, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. It's not great. I also a hot bath when I'm drunk doesn't sound like a good idea. No. No. Sounds no. quite dangerous, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I was also gonna make the argument for maybe when he's looking through the cameras at Eddie while he's gambling. I mean, it's not a real window, but it was like, I don't know. You're right. That is well, yeah, because we spent so long looking at the back of Eddie's head. I guess it could have so long and his side profile as he's like glancing back over the yeah. <laughs> and Steven mocked coming up right behind him and looking at the camera, like between yeah. the camera and his head. And you're like, his head would have to be like gently touching the back of the guy's head. Yeah. He's like nodding. Um okay. Fake name ID. Papas is actually I said a swindler, but I didn't write down what oh, his actual yeah. name was. I don't know if anybody else did. No. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, the fuzz slash cop quirk. There was an actual detective, Walt Murphy, who was just like a sassy Vegas cop. But I think the actual kind of quote unquote cop that she was working with was Howard Keel as the security yeah. officer. Um, and cop chemistry said, yes, there was cop chemistry uh -huh. with Howard. Oh, with Howard Keel for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. They liked each other. They were they enjoyed each other's company, as they say. I know, too bad. She could have hung out in Vegas and gone on a date with him instead of like making sure Susan gets back to New York. Right. I know. Selfish Susan ruining it for everybody. <laughs> Susan. <laughs> um, businessy business casinos, gambling, yeah. that kind of thing. Age ain't nothing but a number. Okay. So uh Oh gosh, it's so shocking things. <laughs> uh, Jerry Pappas was four, forty-five, which I'm like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen mocked uh, Frank Stinson in this episode was forty-nine, which yeah, okay, okay, that that yeah. Walt Murphy's the cop. He was forty-four. Uh, Ted Hartley, the publisher, was fifty-five. Okay. He looks maybe a little older than that. Um, the PR lady, Alice Baxter, was 33, which that's hard. The style makes her look older than that, I yes. think. Her face was young. Um, okay, so for the Mc McSorleys, uh, Wes McSorley, 48, Catherine, Mur Catherine McSorley, sorry, uh, 39, so nine years. And then Susan was 20. And Eddie was 32. And Howard Keel in this episode was 72. Cool, cool, cool. So Eddie and Susan, yeah, there was a big-ish age gap there. I mean, she was really young. But to your point earlier, I was very surprised that he was in his early 30s. Yeah, I thought he was, like, more like 40. And even 32, you're like... He's, you know, he says he's doing the accounting classes downtown, but he's like, I just. And he's skipping class. Yeah. <laughs> right, as a 32 year old mature right, student, like, he's still right, skipping right. class. Not yeah. That, like, you know, I mean, just <laughs> someone has taken a bit of time to go back to school. Like, right, take it more seriously. A bit more invested. Yeah. And, <laughs> and skipping class, babe. <laughs> I know it was I, I guess you're supposed to think they were closer in age but I was like there I just none of it made sense to me and just I know she was only 20 so I'll give her that kind of pass but it was like just like a lot of interesting decisions that were mm -hmm. made mm -hmm. yeah okay the Jonathan scale now Megan has a proposition for us <laughs> Megan yeah. would you like the floor <laughs> I'm gonna actually because I'm gonna make a similar argument in the next episode we discuss as well and okay. but this episode to me involves a female Jonathan and now let me explain why and I'm talking about Susan 
I this is no disrespect to the actress. This is all the characters. She's young. She's a friend of Jessica's kid. <laughs> doesn't know what they want to do. She is young. Like I, I think of Jonathan's as being more in their like mid thirties and like right. kind of more like we don't know what we're doing. But she's just like so uh, she'd be on the lower level of a Jonathan scale, but I still think she's a Jonathan. She's not H- Horace. She's like maybe she's like a three. I think she's worse than a two. Yeah, but she's not as high as like Dorian. I think Dorian's closer to Dor- a five. <laughs> Which one's Dorian? The yeah, poet. From the headless, oh, no, the headless horseman guy. Yeah, he was a poet. He was a poet. Um, I, Megan, I totally agree with you. I think she definitely is a Jonathan. I also think Eddie's a bit of a Jonathan. Now, Eddie did have something about him, but he was pretty hapless. I guess the only thing about him that makes him not a Jonathan is Jonathans don't tend to have, like, ill will. <laughs> like, I yeah. think they sort of are a little bit more gentle, maybe, than that. But his reaction with the girl is like, what's up with the bank statements? He's like, stop smothering me. That felt like a real Jonathan <laughs> line. But... <laughs> him not being a Jonathan like Eddie had like a kind of dark criminal history like he'd been involved in armed robbery yep. and, and like, assault yeah <laughs> assault like, charge <laughs> but he was and then like his diss to her when she's calling him out is like what did you suddenly become a certified public accountant <laughs> like oh good one like nailed it Eddie yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like i'm not gonna use the acronym because she won't understand what i'm talking about <laughs> all those accountancy classes are really paid off <laughs> right exactly okay i guess maybe he at least went to one <laughs> yeah he knows what a cpa is <laughs> yeah. wait ashley and glennis what do you guys think yeah um the only note i have written down for susan is that she's giving me penelope ann miller in adventures and babysitting vibes <laughs> yeah. uh, I um so i'd say jonathan ask i mean it's kind of whiny yeah i yeah. think that is the like and like i found this guy and he's so amazing i mean you'll love him too and it's like yeah no she was pretty terrible but is she the daughter in honey i shrunk the kids she sure was. Yes. Yeah, it was a lot of, Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> I can't Eddie would do that. I don't care about the money. I didn't even go to class, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really yeah. spot on. I hope no one yeah. talks her in this. <laughs> <laughs> and then while we're cutting this out, she's in the next one as well, isn't she? different girl but i think that girl is also same vibe for sure yeah same vibe like dad oh my god when we get into the next one the picture of her and her dad on the desk was i wrote that down i was like please say (laughs) i was like i've never (laughs) taken a picture with dad although in the next episode i much preferred that woman's outfits Uh oh yeah her outfits were great yeah well susan you barely see her in anything but the casino outfits although she does yeah she's like i'm hi you know i i i I struggled with the with susan and eddie um the actress that plays susan i'm just glancing at her bio um and she retired from acting in 94 and as part of the los angeles performance art community her work in circus acts has taken her all over the world she has never married and has no children She's a circus performer? Yeah, and she was in God, that's cool. Baskets. She was? was she? Yeah, it said uncredited. Oh, I love Baskets so much. Yeah. She played Arlequin at the picnic. All right, I'm going to have to rewatch that. Okay, good for her. She's doing what she likes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say another bag on Susan, on Susan the character. Um, I also felt like she would, was the type of girl that would like, get back with eddie like right after all of this oh for sure sure. yeah absolutely but yeah it just felt like oh i don't know i guess it was just 
I mean, she's only 20. Yeah, like, she's young. He, he's like some hot 90s babe that came out along and showed like yeah. a vague interest. And she, you know, you can see how she would have gotten swept no, up in my, the romance. My <laughs> eye would have been turned. Yeah. <laughs> who, is the, who is the actor from Melrose Plays, Grant Shaw? Grant Shaw. Shaw. Grant Shaw. Is that the guy? He was, I think that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh yeah, Eddie was giving me Grant Show vibes. Yeah, and I thought Grant Jake. Show. Yeah, Jake. Was Jake. Thank you, Jake. That's right. I don't know how old Jake was when he was on Beverly Hills and then Melrose Place, but like, I was like, I don't know, fourteen or something, and I was like, wow, 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 hello. So yeah, you're right. But when you used to watch them, you were so young that to me, like Grant Show was a thousand years old. Like no, he I was like an old, I he was father time, and he's probably like younger than I am now. And it's like it's the same when I watch Baywatch. I was like, these guys are a thousand million years old. <laughs> yeah. See, that's because I'm like four years older. So yeah, when he showed up as like the construction worker that Kelly had a crush on, I was like. It's problematic because I think she's only 17 when they hook up, but like neither here nor there. But um, no, I mean, that's bad. I let me be honest, that's bad. Um, was he bad on Mel? He wasn't bad on Melrose Place, no, right? No, but he- there was a Melrose Nino crossover. What? No, he was the link into yeah. Melrose, so right? 1992, how old was he? Okay, I was 13. He, 30. <laughs> he was 30. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. If I, if I'd been 18 and this like 30 year old Grant show had been like, hey, hey. cool girl, I would have been like, yeah, okay. But yeah. Here's the thing with Melrose Place. Like I can remember most of the characters on that show and I do remember Jake on it, but what was his character? Was he sort of like a Casanova type? Like, was he just hooking up with everybody? Or was he back? Like, was he? He was, like, and he was on Nino as Jake. He was, he was working construction. That's how he met Kelly. And then I don't know what he did in later years, but yeah, he hooked up with Amanda for a bit. Oh, and Joe, the motorcycle girl. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because I more remember the Andrew Shue. Sure. Courtney, uh, what was? Courtney Thornsmith. Allison. Yeah. The, yes, their roommate situation. (laughs) I remember being a lot of drama there. uh, Monty Markham was on Melrose Place too as I know he was in a previous episode of The Family Doctor we talked about, and he was a bad guy on Melrose Place. Melrose Place was dark. I remember watching something the other day where they were talking about when Kimberly pulled her wig off and she had that <laughs> so giant scar down the side of her head. You're like, oh my God, Dr. Kimberly Shaw is really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I could see how Susan like fell for this like older yeah totally get it um okay petite feet no (laughs) smooch smooches we had eddie and susan a couple of times you're right there was some at the breakfast but i was more thinking about the one where he's like i'm mr romance and she's like i think you're amazing because you remember (laughs) that i exist and he's like great um (laughs) 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 familial ties uh, a publisher's kid. <laughs> so this is sort of like that, basically. Yeah. Eyes closed, head shake, no. All right, here we go. Faith outfit, worst outfit. Glennis, you start us off. Ooh. Um, I really liked all of Jessica's outfits. Um, the powder blue one at the beginning was bold, but I really liked it. Um, and then she had one later that was like a red blouse with like multicolor polka dots and a black mm. blazer and I really like that as well um I feel like what were my worst outfits I, I didn't really ha- I didn't really write any down I also thought Jessica looked really good in those jeans so mm-hmm. she did look yeah, terrific no, in those jeans I was looking at them going why don't I look better <laughs> in my jeans yeah yeah she looked great Oh, wait, Glitter, sorry, did you say worst outfit? I didn't write one down. Oh, you didn't write, sorry. Ashley, what about you? Um, I liked everything Jessica wore. Um, love the bolo ties. And um, <laughs> I think 
there was one outfit that was really interesting. It was just this woman who was leaning over the craps table. It was a black deep V-neck dress and it had like baubles around the V. Um, and it seemed really interesting to me. Um, and for worst outfit, I would say the Lieutenant's outfit, he had a brown suit with like a brown and green tie that just looked really bad. And McSorley's uh, like red tie and this like blue suspender thing in the last scenes with him, didn't like. Yeah, yeah, that was bad actually. Yeah, I... Sorry, Megan, you go. I'll, I'll start with, well, fave. Uh, I'm with the other two, like Jessica's were great. Um, Bolo tie on Howard Keel was great. But, oh, my God, I had to write this. First of all, I thought every outfit they put Allison was, like, heinous. And then every mm-hmm. time she walked in the scene with a new outfit, I was like, oh, sweet Jesus. Like, it was really bad. Really, really bad. And then <laughs> I had to write these. Okay, David Soul's outfit in the, the finale, he's wearing a light blue shirt, a red and white tie, and what looked like tropical-themed suspenders. And I, so I had to take a, like a close look because I was so, um, I didn't know what I was looking at. And so, yeah, that's what I came away with. Like, my eyes can't see this properly. I was like, is that a palm tree on there? And I think it was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there was. So yeah, fave outfits, I think have all been said, um, the light blue blousey skirt suit at the beginning, I thought was gorgeous. I thought that blousey top looked really nice on her. Um, and I liked Catherine's blue sequin party dress with the little fringes at the sleeve. I actually mm. thought that was kind of cute. Um, also JB walking around in that white skirt suit it was great. I like couldn't wait for her. I was hoping there'd be a moment where she'd like interrupt a wedding and upstage the bride in that <laughs> outfit. <laughs> and then worst outfit, um, yeah, Alice's were all bad. And you're right, Megan, it was like, every time you thought you'd seen the worst there could possibly be, something even more horrible would show up next. But my favorite worst thing she wore was that she had this like sort of patterned jacket, brown yeah, jacket brown was, yeah. with various sort of swirly patterns on it that had that were sequined which means someone had gone to the trouble of sequining brown sequins onto a jacket and i would suggest that that sort of those are two opposing ideas of a bright sparkly thing and also a thing that's brown <laughs> so yeah. like, this is crazy um okay biggest hunk mm, ashley do you want to go first um I felt like I didn't have a biggest hunk, but then we discussed Howard Keel and I'm going to go with him. Okay, Megan? I thought this was a hunk heavy episode. I thought Howard Keel was cute. I thought David Soul was cute. I thought Stephen Mock was cute. I mean, yeah, I, but at the end of the day, I mean, Eddie's not bad looking either. Mm-mm. It's no. just hard with his terrible personality mm-hmm. that's yeah. exactly where i landed too so i'm gonna go howard keel yeah roughing up freaking eddie i was like get him <laughs> <laughs> glennis what about you i'll go eddie sure yeah he was cute yeah but uh, yes i would also go howard keel yeah just almost every time if he was in most of these episodes they'd probably pick him yeah i know he's good most looking. Of the time and and he's a good looking older man too he, like out here they show calamity jane a lot i think that's a real british fave <laughs> wait i don't know i don't know that one doris day as calamity jane and howard keel as buffalo bill Pickock. and it's all about how they live in it's like all like very like golden age of hollywood kind of like rinsed out wild west but they bring in there's like a federal marshal that calamity jane likes and then this actress comes to town that bill likes Mm. but both but they then like each other so then calamity jane and wild bill are like oh will they won't they it's great okay and the music's really fun it's yeah anyways it's a fun one um jb burns megan so I had kind of a, not like a, like a self burn. 
she's complaining about being in Vegas and she said she didn't want to go to all those cocktail parties and she says I come out five pounds heavier and looking like a cheese danish (laughs) (laughs) I wrote that down too and then the part where Alice (laughs) poor Alice I feel like Alice (laughs) did a good job she was like she wasn't a murderer. She was pretty straightforward. <laughs> and all she I can think of is like her horrible outfits. But then she gave Jessica a great recommendation. She's like, oh, go use the sauna or the um, get a massage from Max. Like he has magic fingers. And Jessica's like, ooh, magic fingers. And she's like, but I don't know about Max. And that, that made me laugh. It's not a burn, but. Those good lines. Okay, Glynis. So I have one, and out of context, I can't quite remember what this is referring to. Um, I think it was someone at a party, at the party. Um, I can't remember if it was Jessica or the publicist saying this, but they're talking about someone, and they said, she doesn't look celibate to me, and who says she's over 30? Oh, it was because Wanda LaRue had written a book called A Celibate Woman Over 30. Apparently she didn't look celibate or over 30. She obviously looks young, so great for her. Right, yeah. So I wrote that down and I can't quite remember why. And so it's not really a burn. Well, it's a half burn. It was funny. Yeah. Ashley, what about you? Um, I had I had part of an exchange written down when she was talking to the lieutenant. And he was asking her if it was women's intuition that she was sort of questioning where he landed on the case. And she said, logic and common sense solve crimes. <laughs> yeah. Not women's intuition. So, yeah, I did like that. She yeah. did say it in a quite a convoluted way. Yes. I didn't write anything down for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> fake guest star. Uh, Ashley, what about you? Fake guest star. Ooh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Howard Keel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ma- Megan, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. He. Yeah, I agree. Howard Keel. Glennis. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I would have said David Soul, but he just wasn't in it very much. To, like, to be honest, I didn't really have a favorite guest star. So okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I also thought Howard Keel, but I also thought it was a real missed opportunity not having Robert Urich in this episode. <laughs> oh, just like pop up? Like as a crossover? Yeah, that would have been nice. I would have enjoyed that. I used to watch a lot of Vegas when I was in, like, what was it a Nick at Night staple or something? I feel yeah. like it was on a lot. Was it good? I've seen clips of it and I was intrigued by it. I never watched it either. I remember why why have I watched it? I know. You upstairs in your room by yourself watching Vegas. And like I love Robert Eric. Um I I remember <laughs> really liking it, but I haven't seen it as an adult. But it's like it was for me, it was Vegas and Heart to Heart were like the regular okay. watches for okay. me. Anyways, Glennis's guess. Glennis. Uh the publicist. Okay. Not wrong. No, it was wrong. But you know. <laughs> All right, here we go. Fave moment overall ranking. Megan. God, okay, this is tough because actually I don't mind this episode. I mean, Susan and Eddie are tough, but I'm going to give it like a seven. Okay. And fave moment, I think Howard Keel <laughs> rubbing up Eddie was just really... That I, was I, <laughs> Wild. With Jessica and David Soul meet in the stairwell, and she's like, "It's me, just it's just me, Jessica Fletcher." Yeah, it's just me, Jessica Fletcher. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, Ashley, what about you? Um, (laughs) I would say. My favorite moment is when Howard Keel comes in to save her and he's like, you took my key. It took me a while to like get in, like to help her, to save her from David's soul. I like that moment. I thought it was cute. Yeah, I did like that he rescued her. And I'd say overall ranking, it really it wasn't one of my faves. I feel like I'm going to go with a six. 
Oh, Glennis, I'm scared. <laughs> are we are we guessing what Glennis put? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Megan, you go first. What do you think Glennis put? I think Glennis gave it a five. Okay, Ashley? Mm, I think a four. God, she did say she liked it. But, oh, she he, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I also, Ashley, I'm with you. I think she said four. Yeah. Okay, I didn't say I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> that bad. Yeah, that bad is not a ringing <laughs> That bad is the bar. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were so nervous about watching it because you didn't, I think like one of you didn't remember liking it all that much. And I was like, well, it wasn't that bad. Um, so yeah, I did give it a four. Okay. I'll ask yeah. you then. Wait, Susanna, what did you guess? I just copied Ashley. So okay, Ashley okay. So you guys both win. My favorite moment was the party scene and them just like walking around and talking about people and talking about that author. Yes, yeah. I agree. My favorite scene was also the party scene. And I gave this episode a six because mm. like, I don't dislike it and it's not, uh, but I think it's, uh, it's just not one of my favorites. It's sort of like a, middle season one and that you know but it's good like I wouldn't turn it off if it was on yeah like it's just that young couple I mean, we've talked about it before how sometimes the young people in these in murder she wrote it's like just not always that good mm-hmm. yeah I agree female Jonathan's <laughs> these female Jonathan's just swooping in and ruining these episodes <laughs> I mean I, yeah and then yeah all right well I guess that's it from us on this one Thank you so much for listening and we hope you'll listen again next week. Bye. Bye. Oh, Glittis, what's happened? Archie has been doling out some lethal parts. <laughs>